to being sung Yahweh and I trust that you're calling on the Lord this evening yourself you know the Bible said that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved and uh, Peter gave us a uh, more information on that to let us know that uh, that if you call on the name of Jesus there's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us this evening on the 28th of July. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live on a Tuesday from Cornerstone Apostolic Church Incorporated. And we are inside the pages. There's no better place to be than the Word of God. Sunday worship begins at 8 a.m. and Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m. And Acts of the Holy Ghost on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. You know, I like going to bed listening to the gospel. Uh, I like listening to the audible. 
uh, and resting in the Lord after a day of, of programming, writing code, and you know, being in meetings and doing other things. I want to relax and lay down in the Lord. Uh, you know, the Lord may come at night. He might come and call my name uh, while I'm in bed. And when he calls my name, I don't want him to, to catch me being a filthy dreamer. I don't want him catching me in bitterness and upset with nobody, angry because of something that occurred that, you know, had time to get it straight but refused to because of pride. Uh, you know, just don't want to be caught in a negative situation. So I want to rest in the Lord. And so on Thursday nights, we're talking about acts of the Holy Ghost, uh, and going to bed, uh, not just on Thursday night, but every night, you know, thinking about the goodness of God. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I am faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus name. You know, it's not enough to tell a person to tell another person, you know, people like telling people off, uh, but that's not God's way. Uh, you know, I'm going to obey God. We have to tell the enemy that we're going to obey the Lord. And that begins by telling our flesh, uh, flesh, we're going to obey what God has to say. And so listen, uh, we're fasting and yet praying because fasting and prayer are essential to overcoming things, overcoming some things that you're struggling with. Uh, Jesus said that uh, some things deliver and some deliverances come by fasting and prayer. And so if there's a situation or issue in your life that you are seeking God from, no matter what it is, uh, some fasting, you need to apply some fasting and prayer uh, to go along with that. And let me just add this to it. When uh, Daniel found himself in a situation he didn't keep it to himself, but he went and found his prayer partners, uh, people that wasn't going to be talking about it or, or gossiping about it behind his back. Uh, but he went and found those that were going to pray and seek the Lord about the situation, and God sent deliverance. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 and 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, uh, in the 4th through the 5th verse, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You're not going to fight this thing out with fists. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you're doing yourself an injustice, you, you know, to try to get upset with somebody. You need to see past what's going on and, uh, with your natural eyes. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through, uh, mighty through God, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, beginning with our own, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And Paul uh, made this statement. He's talking to the church at Corinth. And he, he's not talking about applying this to other people. He's talking about this is something that you and I must apply to ourselves. We must cast down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So if those imaginations are not being brought down, if those high things that are things are exalting itself against the knowledge of God and not being brought into captivity, then we're walking in a disobedient state, not obedient, but disobedient state against Christ. 
You need to commit your own deliverance. You need to be committed to your own deliverance and hang with those that are committed also. We're going into the book of Ezekiel. We're finishing up the 24th chapter on uh, this Tuesday evening. And so let's, if you have your device or maybe you're driving, maybe you're just getting up, uh, getting ready for work. Uh, you know, we're still in the stay at home uh, in the U.S. and California where I am. And so I just want to thank God for those of you that are with uh, two continents. And it may not be big to some, but it's large to us to be able to encourage someone's heart and to be able to uh, help them strengthen their walk in Christ. And that's what it's about. It's about helping one another. Iron sharpens iron. And so uh, the listening is not in vain. God is able to work through the airways. And uh, so I just pray that you would share uh, this link, share the broadcast with someone else that they also may be blessed. Uh, Ezekiel, the 24th chapter, verse 15 through 27, it says also the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, behold, I take away from thee the desires of thine eyes with a stroke. Yet neither shall thou mourn nor weep, neither shall thy tears run down. Forbear to cry, make no mourning for the dead. Bind the tire of thine head upon thee and put on thy shoes upon thy feet and cover not thy lips and eat not the bread of men. So I spank unto the people in the morning and at even my wife died and I did in the morning as I was commanded. And the people said unto me, Will thou not tell us what these things are that thou doest? Then I answered them, The word of the Lord unto, came unto me, saying, Speak unto the house of Israel, and say, The Lord God, behold, I will profane my sanctuary, the excellency of your strength, the desire of your eyes, and that which is which your soul pitieth and your sons and your daughters whom ye have left shall uh, fall by the sword and ye shall do as I have done. Ye shall not cover your lips nor eat the bread of men and your tires shall be upon your heads and your shoes upon your feet. Ye shall not mourn nor weep Ye shall uh, pine away for your iniquities and mourn one toward another. Thus said, thus Ezekiel is unto you a sign. According to all that he hath done shall ye do. And when, uh, when this cometh, ye shall know that I am the Lord. Also, son of man, shall it not be in the day when I take from them their strength, the joy of their glory, the desires of their eyes, that whereupon they set their minds, their sons and their daughters, that that he that escapeth in that day shall come unto thee uh, to cause thee to hear with thine ears. In that day shall, they, shall thy mouth be open to him which is escaped, and thou shalt speak and be no dumb. Uh, you'll be able to speak. And the Lord had told him to hold his peace and thou shall be a sign unto them and they shall know that I am the Lord. They shall know that I am the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray and ask that you'll bless your word. 
about the years thereof here on this continent, on the European continent, and every place where your word is being carried out. Lord God, those that will hear it, that are listening live, those that will hear it later. Lord God, bless your word. They have preeminence in our lives. Lord God, and even prepare our hearts even more as we see the time is being shortened. Lord God, we pray and ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Touch those that are sick in their body, heal them. Lord God, and bless them to call upon you. Lord Jesus, we'll be careful to give your name and praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want to take uh, just a thought this evening off of from what the scriptures that we have read, and that is getting your attention. Now, notice uh, attention, you know, uh, by definition, to take notice of uh of someone or something, uh, the regarding of someone or something as interesting or important, you know, God sees you as someone that is worth taking notice of and interested, and he sees you as important. Now, people are brutal, and people can make you feel the opposite. They'll make you feel like you ain't nothing, They'll kick you to the curb when you're not there. Look at the prodigal son. Uh, he felt uh, very important when he left with the inheritance of his father uh, and those that was with him treated him like he was royalty until the, the, fun, the funds became low, until the money was gone. And so were the friends. They were all gone, too. But listen, people aren't God. And that's very important because too many people are being placed on a pedestal and being treated as if they were gods. You know, we're in the, this pandemic and it has separated a lot of people from uh, from friends. It has separated a lot of people from even from family. Yeah, there has been a separation and there's going to continue to be a separation. And one day there's going to be a great separation uh, between the two. And I, I, I just pray that you are treating God and giving him your attention. God is getting our attention. And so Ezekiel was tasked with the responsibility of letting the children of Israel know God wants your attention. Now that cannot be emphasized enough. God wants your attention and you cannot give him too much attention. It's easy to claim you're okay. I give God enough attention. You know, I'm okay. I'm all right with God. You know, but uh, I'm here today to maybe, you know, maybe you've been perfect all your life. I don't know. You, you might have been born like John uh, came out the womb with the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I wasn't there. But uh, but that's not uh, everyone's testimony. Uh, I myself and like many others was found in Romans, the 23rd, uh, 3 and 23. You know, we, we were born in sin and, uh, you know, and, and we're saved by grace in Ephesians 2 and 8. You know, God had to get our attention not once, but uh, some of us multiple times. And even after uh, I, I'll talk about myself, even after I had committed my life and said, you know, Lord, for God, I live and for God, I die. I'm going to live this life. At least I thought I knew uh, what a commitment was. And I learned that I had that I had only begun to scratch the surface of what it meant to be committed unto the Lord. Uh, it wasn't until about 2010 that I suffered a great loss and felt the effects of, of betrayal and being talked about and judged and began to judge myself and, and say to myself, maybe maybe people are right. Maybe maybe what they're saying is true. You know, things can go on for such and be so intense that it will make you think it will make you check your sanity 
And it wasn't until one day, well into a year or so, that one day the pastor walked by and, and whispered to me uh, and said, it, uh, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. And a burden, I felt a burden uh, fall off. The pain didn't disappear immediately, but there was a weight that fell off of me that I had been dragging around. It was like a, a ball and chain. And so then a few years later, the very conduit, the accelerant, the trigger of that pain uh, came and let me know that it was nothing I did. However, God, God wanted to get my attention. Uh, I was thinking about that and I re remember that in 2019, uh, 2019, just uh, uh, not too long ago, you know, when you look over the months, a few days before my birthday, I was at home and I started to feel a little strange. So I drove myself to the hospital and they admitted me immediately. My blood pressure was over 204 and it would not go down. They took x-rays. They wanted to check my heart. It came back negative. They took a CAT scan. That came back negative. Uh, the next day, they took me uh, down to do a stress test. And while I was waiting for the stress test, my blood pressure dropped and I passed out. I was gone. I was leaving out of here. It was, And, and so uh, they rushed me out of the room. And no sooner, they took a few steps to get me, uh, to, to rush me uh, to another part of the hospital uh, for help. Uh, I was revived. I came back just that quick. They took an MR uh, and uh, it came back negative. Everything came back negative. They was checking all the arteries in my neck and x-rays and I was looking at uh, myself on the machine and all of that and the doctor said everything was negative. The doctor said I didn't have a heart attack. You know, some people said, oh, he had a heart attack and, you know, all kind of claims was being made. The doctors report no heart attack. I did not have a stroke. All of my arteries was clear. And they said, we don't know what to document this as, but these are the facts. I believe in annual physicals, and I hope you do too. As men, I, I believe it's important that you get a physical and get yourself checked out. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but my physical showed me in good health uh, afterwards and that my blood pressure, even uh, in the last uh, time it was taken at the doctor's office uh, just about a month ago, was at 130. Sugar is all right, and all my organs are on point. But God wanted to get my attention. You know, God has a, a way of doing things. Now, uh, my question is, and it may be yours too, is why would God take us through strange situations to get our attention? Ezekiel did not do anything wrong, and God walked him through a very strange situation. The word of the Lord uh, went to him and said, Son of man, behold, I'm going to take away from thee the desires of thine eye. I'm going to allow something to happen immediately. And I don't know if Ezekiel understood the fullness of what he was about to experience. And the Lord told him, said, you're not going to cry about this and you're not don't don't let a tear drop. You know, that'd be pretty difficult to be told, uh, you know, to that you're about to lose your loved one and not to cry. You know, we know how we feel about our children. We know how we feel about our, our, our spouse or our friends or whatever, you know, that we're close to. And to be told, don't you cry? 
Ezekiel is being told. Now, I believe that God had to prepare him for all of this, because uh, as we have traveled through the book of Ezekiel from chapter one, we see that God has visited him in visions. Uh, there's been angelic visitation. There has been so much that have gone on uh, in his life and, and, and following what God had told him to do, uh, that when the Lord gave him this and said, don't cry, by now his spirit and what he has had to deal with has been fortified, and I believe he was able to accomplish that. Now, I'm not Ezekiel, neither are you. And so, you know, there are some things that we deal with that cause, that will bring tears to our eyes, that will cause us to be in pain. And God has not told any of us to be like that, but Ezekiel was, that was his message. And God told him, don't cry. Make no mourning for the dead. Bind the tire of thy head upon thee and put off thy shoes from off thy feet and cover not thy lips and eat not the bread of man. So I spank unto the people in the morning and at the evening uh, after he had delivered this message, his wife died and he yet continued to follow what God was saying. In the midst of when you're going through something and you don't understand why you're dealing with it, you still have to be obedient to what God is saying. None of us can afford to be uh, any other way. The Bible said that Job and all that Job went through the losing of his children, the finances and his friends criticizing him and talking about him and saying, man, you must have done something wrong. It's your fault. You know, don't nobody go through nothing like that unless they've done something wrong. Uh, and he went through all that. The Bible said that Job did not sin with his mouth. He did not allow something negative to come out of his mouth that was going to get him in trouble. God wanted Ezekiel's attention and not just his, but everyone that would that he would be ministering to as well. Each of us are unique and God knows what to do uh, to get our attention. He knows what will uh, work for us. And let me explain something. Getting your attention and tempting you in the area is not sin. God does not use sin to get your attention. Sin, uh, God does not tempt you with sin. Sin is something you crave and you also have to resist. The Bible said a man is drawn away uh, by his own lust. And so people that say, oh, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. He may have presented opportunity, but it was something within your heart that you was desiring to do and you thought you could get away with it. Uh, but the Bible says that after sin, it brings forth death. And so sin will cause you to lose your life for a moment of pleasure. The Bible said man will miss out on eternal life. And so you have to be careful because in that moment, uh, what if in that moment uh, it's, it's time out? That moment, your temporary assignment comes to an end. In that moment, somebody is going to be in the midst of sin. They're going to be enjoying themselves. I'm just going to be honest with you. They're going to be having the time of their life and the rapture is going to take place. And they're going to be left with a knowledge of what happened after the fact. Because no one will know that the rapture has taken place except those that are in it. Now, everyone else, it will be a second identification. They will learn about it after the fact. And that's something you'll have to listen more for on a Sunday. But listen, 
Uh, I learned uh, that it was needful, just as Ezekiel was, a, was dealing with the affliction in his life of losing his love, I found that it was needful for me to be afflicted. Now, that's something I didn't want to accept. When my pastor, my overseer told me, said, you know, that, that the psalmist said, it's good that I was afflicted, I didn't receive that right away. <laughs> I'm just being transparent with you here. Uh, that was not something I was looking forward to hearing. But I had to take it and try to understand it. And even in my trying to understand it, I did not completely understand it. Now, there was a visiting bishop uh, that, that took me for two days and began to explain to me and talk to me about rejection and suffering and trying and helping me to understand some things. And, you know, whereas we know the definition of words, but the actual experience was an eye opener. And as I sat in at, at that time in the ministerial role uh, over as a president over a council, you know, I had to deal with that and I had to try to digest that and try to work with that and try to come to an area of understanding, not knowing that all the time God was just trying, God was working to get my attention. In other words, to bring me into a certain area. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, about the seventh through the ninth verse, it said, and who in, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and, and was heard that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. And being made more and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, speaking about Christ. And it was it was there. It was not the, the pain, excuse me, if it was not for the pain and the suffering, uh, if it was not for the endurance and being steadfast in the assignment in which he was manifested for, in which the word of God became flesh, then he would not be the author of eternal salvation unto us that believe on him. Uh, if it was not for the pain, if it was not for the suffering and enduring, uh, I would not be have been molded to fit into another elevation. In other words, jewelry must be, it's not automatically fitting into the crown. It must be shaped it must be polished. It must be brought, given specific attention and fashioned for the purpose. And so God cannot, if God cannot fashion you without getting your attention. Now, during the period of captivity, there was another prophet uh, by the name of Isaiah that gave us this testimony. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord uh, sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above it, the seraphims, which had six wings, uh, with twain he did cover his face and with twain he, he covered his feet and with twain he did fly. And another cried unto uh, and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. Then I then said, I woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of uh, unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. 
Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the, off the altar, and, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, thou hast, uh, this has touched thy lips, and thy iniquities is taken away, and thy sins purged. What a blessing is to have your sins uh, taken away, the iniquity taken away, and your sins purged. I also heard the voice of the Lord. Isaiah said, I heard God speaking. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. When the sins are gone, when, when we find ourselves, when God gets our attention and we're in the place where God wants us to be, you know, like Ezekiel, like Isaiah, it was during this time that Isaiah answered the call of the Lord and he confessed his faults and his sins were remitted because God had his attention. Our proclamation of being in his will and doing his will, we could be. But chances uh, that are, there are degrees that uh, lets us know that his will, the degrees of his will, where are we at? Are we in the complete area of his will? Is there more attention that we need to be given unto the Lord as God is tr trying to get our attention to take us into a certain place? Look how the Lord got Moses' attention. The Bible said that he was out after he had ran from, from Egypt and he was out uh, tending the flock and he saw a bush that was burning but yet not being consumed. He never imagined uh, that he would see such a thing. You know, it was common to see... Uh, to see a uh, spontaneous combustion, uh, you know, but now we see a bush that is not being consumed. God wanted his attention. Uh, the Bible said that Noah found grace. And so grace uh, got his attention and God began to speak with him to let him know what was going to happen next. And he moved with fear. God wants our attention. And unless God have our attention, you're not going to hear from heaven. You're not going to hear the word of the Lord, no matter how many ministers stand up. And no matter how many prophets go by you, no matter how many evangelists, uh, no matter what the teachers could be teaching, if God does not have your attention, you're not going to reap what God is sowing into you. How many unanswered calls have there been? The phone is placed on do not disturb, is flipped over, calls rejected, numbers blocked, texts. Immediately erase as soon as I see that it's from that. Oh, let me erase that. I only didn't even give a chance to read it. So we can claim no knowledge of it. But ignorance is no excuse. Just like even in our natural law, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Isaiah could not, he couldn't ignore God any longer. Neither can you. Like Ezekiel and all of Israel, uh, God wanted their attention and he knew how to get it. All, understand, flesh is very powerful, but flesh does not supersede and should never supersede the will of God because it's not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5 and 17 said the flesh will lust us and it wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that they cannot do the things that you would. The flesh doesn't answer calls quickly. The flesh says, Lord, 
I'm placing you on hold. The flesh says, Lord, I'm trying to make uh, someone notice me. Lord, I'm interested in something more important. The flesh says I'm getting a massage right now, whether it's an emotional or mental massage, but it's not a massage that, uh, that you know, there's nothing wrong with going to Avia or nothing like that. It's nothing wrong. But listen, but we relax and we become so relaxed that we don't get, let ourselves be stirred up. I'm, Lord, I'm getting my nails done, and, and so I can't move right now. And Lord, I'm, I'm next in line at the barber. I can't say nothing right now. I'm too busy enjoying the other conversations rather than to lead a conversation or to look for a way into a conversation that's going to be fruitful. Uh, I, I can't follow the, the service online, but, but I'm able to navigate and upload pictures onto Tinder and other dating apps. I, I'm able to navigate into all the other areas that I want, to, but I can't follow uh, your word. And, and allow my soul to be fed. Israel did the same thing. They followed so many other things and what other people was doing and were at ease. They erased God and only mentioned him in passing. They were not committed unto him. They could talk about him, but listen, knowledge about God is not salvation. So they could mention him in passing, but it was not with a commitment. Where is your commitment today? Where's the commitment that says one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Where is that commitment at today? Lord, you got my attention and I've got yours. What do you want me to do? Where is that question today? Ezekiel, Ezekiel said also, he said, this is what I received of the Lord. Also, thou son of man, you shall say, uh, uh, shall it not be in the day when I take from them their strength, the joy of their glory. Listen, one of the reasons that in this study and in this time that, that we're dealing with uh, in this pandemic that so many people are saying, I have a right. We have a right to do what we want to do and to be out in public and, you know, and we don't want to be masked and we don't want to obey the rules of the land and we want to, and these are people that say they believe in God as well as those that don't. Uh, we want to do it our way. We want to do it the way we want to do it. And all of these different things is because there is a certain joy. There's a certain uh, some. There is what has been taken from them. Listen, the Lord said, I, I, when I take from them their strength and their joy, there's a certain element that has been now placed in restriction that people are trying to rebel against instead of actually crying out to the Lord. This is a time of consecration and seeking the Lord and that's not being done. So the Lord told Israel during their time because they were on restriction as well that the joy of their glory, the desires of their eye, and that whereupon they set their minds, their sons and their daughters would be impacted. I don't know if you remember, it was months ago that everybody was talking about, well, you know, the, the pandemic doesn't affect young people, but now that's not the tune, that's not the story. It's infecting everybody from infants up. And so we need to, again, does God have your attention? Does God have your attention? That he that escapeth in that day shall come unto thee. There's going to be some, Ezekiel, there's going to be some that's going to escape what's going to happen. And they're going to come to you uh, to hear with their ears. They're going to come to inquire of you. They're going to be seeking the truth. They're not going to be seeking a tingling message. 
you know, let me tell you something. When we get into the word of God, you know, as we've been into the book of, it's a sobering message. Matter of fact, the entire Bible is a sobering uh, message. They didn't come up with, with uh, uh, topics, you know, we're going to give this subject, we're going to have a, uh, a dynamic subject about this. No, they went into the word of God and they just began to teach. They began to talk about what God was saying and to bring about sobriety. They began to talk about what God was saying to bring about an understanding. Uh, and that's what we are about is to bring about an understanding because the Bible said that uh, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, teachers, pastors for the edifying of the church. And so that's what it's about. It's about being edified uh, by the Lord and by his word. The minister's responsibility is to bring about edification. And so Ezekiel, he said, listen, they're going to come to you. They're going to ask questions. He said in that day, in that day when this happened, uh, in that day shall thy mouth be open to him which is escaped, and thou shalt speak and not and and be no more dumb. Thou shalt uh, be a sign unto them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. You're going to be able to break it down for them and explain to them again, because the word of God is said by the foolishness of preaching, uh, people are saved. And so the word of God is continuing to come. And matter of fact, uh, there's going to be uh, one, uh, one single and last message uh, one day. And, and while we're in glory, rejoicing with the Lord and receiving our rewards and enjoying the rewards that God give us, uh, that the, the Bible said that the angel is going to come. An angel is going to come with the everlasting gospel uh, for the inhabitants of the earth. Well, that's not going to be the saints because the saints will be up. So listen, that's only if God has your attention. If he doesn't have your attention, you're not going to be caught up. Israel was in some serious, was in a serious situation, and they did not want to believe the man of God and what he was saying. People today are saying they know. I know, I know, I know, I know. But like Israel, they knew very little. Listen, God wants your attention. If God has your attention, you know, I, I just want to say that, that you're blessed. I want to encourage you to continue to allow God to have your attention. Give God your undivided attention. Don't there, don't waver in anything, no matter what you might go through, no matter what you might be dealing with. Don't allow it to defer you. Don't allow it to cause you uh, to change your mind or anything. Know this. As I testified and talked about earlier, that we have to be molded, we have to be shaped, and we have to be brought into the place where God wants us to be in order to fit properly, proper, properly into the mold in which he has just for you. He has a mold that is just for me. And can't nobody else fill the position that God has for you except you. Don't leave it blank. Allow God to have your full attention. Uh, Father, let's go to the Lord in the word of prayer. And, and so uh, uh, with that being said, God bless you. And uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, pray and ask that you would bless. Have your way, Lord God. Lord Jesus, remember your people, Lord, those that are listening, those that are heard, those that are committed themselves and giving you their undivided attention. I pray for their strength, Lord God, and until we meet, in person, Lord God, or meet in glory. 
Lord Jesus, we just pray and ask that you will continue to have your way in Jesus' mighty name. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church again at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. We look forward to seeing you one day when the stay at home is ordered or maybe God call us home. Even so come, Lord Jesus. God bless you.